Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Who? What's going on? How is you? How's your week going? Are you coping? Are you checking in with yourself? Are you living your best life? Um... I follow this guy on fucking YouTube. He's great. He does all this stuff about like uh, what to look out for, you know, maintenance and mechanics if they're trying to rip you off. He goes, rev up your engines. And he really moves his hand, gesticulates, if you will, when he talks. And uh, all of his videos are great. And he did one recently. The guy was trying to claim that these... New Ford Lightnings are just catching on fire and not only burning to the ground, but taking out entire parking lots of cars. (laughs) Which I would think if that was actually happening, that would be like a bigger story. But there's, you know, there's also footage of like, uh, oh, there's electric cars and they all caught on fire. They were on a boat coming over and they burned the thing down. It's like, you don't think maybe somebody on the ship fucked up somehow? There's also that, but whatever. I just think the whole thing's hilarious. It's like, I, I wouldn't even park next to an electric car in a parking lot is what they're trying to say. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, all right, but you're okay with riding around with a tank of gas underneath you that's then fed, you know, past you into an engine that's having a controlled explosion? I mean... All cars are going to have problems. I don't, it, is, is that shit? There's no fucking way those things are like burning. He's like, it's going to bankrupt Ford Motor Company. It was all this chicken little shit, man. It was, I, I, I don't know. He did make me feel good that I bought the F-250 with the 6.7 turbo diesel. I will tell you that. Um, I'll have to Google that. It's always funny like that. The, the amount of like people that can't appreciate both. Like, I love a gas combustion engine, and I also love an electric car. Electric cars are fast as shit, um, and I think they're getting better looking, you know? But let's be honest. All cars are kind of ugly now, generally speaking. Or or if they're good looking, they all kind of look the same. Like BMWs, Mercedes, Jaguars all kind of look the same. Toyotas, Nissan, Lexus, all of that shit looks the same. And then the American cars all fucking look. They used to be, you know, when they weren't safe. I learned that doing uh, uh, Comedians in Cars with Seinfeld. I asked him twice during the episode, going, why can't they make these cool designs? He says, there's too many safety regulations, which is better. You don't die in the cars. But, like, back in the day, man, when they didn't give a fuck if your head went through the windshield, the stuff they used to design was gorgeous. <laughs> But anyway, I'm not shitting on that guy, by the way, because I absolutely love him and I love his passion for cars. And uh, and I also love the intro, rev up your engines. But I'll have to look into that. He could be right. I don't know. I don't think that all the Ford Lightnings are catching on fire. And I've also lived long enough that I know if something's selling well in the car the automotive world, there's always immediately like a negative thing attached to it to try to slow down the sales. Like I always bring this up like a long time ago, they had this thing called the, Su- the Suzuki Samurai. Um, and it was a little four wheel drive, like a RAV4 type of thing. 
but it was like a Jeep where they would have like a soft top and they just sold them as like fun. I remember the commercial, they'd have these fast cars going around the track, you know, in the, the bank angle, like 40 degrees, you know, almost fucking sideways going around. And then the Suzuki Samurai would come out and they would just, they would drive up it in four wheel drive and then go back down and everybody in the truck was going, wee, you know, just like, we're just having fun in our vehicle, blah, 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 blah. And that's what they sold it as a fun vehicle that you could go off road and have a mellow fun time. And they were selling like hotcakes because like hotcakes, Bill. Yeah. Like hotcakes. <laughs> I got to look up where that expression came from. Um, who doesn't like pancakes, right? And, uh, but they were eaten into the sales of, of, of the Jeep. So then all of a sudden there was this rumor going around that the Suzuki Samurai was flipping over and it was killing college age kids. And there was really no way to debunk it back then. I mean, it's hard enough now. Everybody thinks, I looked it up. I just debunked it. It's like, well, how do you know the information you got is real? It's really difficult with all of this information. But back then there was no way to tell. So people believed it, myself included. I said, well, I heard those things flip over, right? Anyway, long story short, they, it fucking killed the car, the Suzuki Samurai. And years later, uh, I guess it was, it was proven that the Chrysler Corporation that was making Jeeps, producing Jeeps, were the ones that started that rumor. So we'll have to see. But electric cars are here to stay. And like anything, they'll have little problems here or there, and then they'll fix them. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, the amount of fucking glitches that the gas combustion engines cars have had over the years has been countless recalls, gas tank in the wrong place, causing fires, state troopers burning to death in a Crown Victoria. Remember that shit? And uh, they, they, they figure it out. So, um, but I was never afraid to park next to a Crown Victoria. <laughs> so anyway, um, I finished my, my dates warming up getting ready to go back out on the road. I did two nights at the Roxy, which was amazing because, uh, like I said, Sam Kinison, uh, Sam Kinison taped um, one of his, his uh, special, I think right after the uh, Rodney Dangerfield appearance. I don't even think I remember. I don't remember what that one was called, but it was taped at the Roxy. And uh, it's a really wild crowd. And... You know, it was during the height, the fucking height of the Sunset Strip heavy metal scene and all of that. And Sam could shred on guitar. And I think he was probably always going over there to see shows. It was right next to the Rainbow Room. And um, I just, I got to be honest with you, I just love the simplicity of it. It's like you're living in L.A. and then you tape your special in L.A. It's fucking amazing to me because I always, seems like I always end up on the other side of the country or, or, or fucking, I did one in England or whatever. I'm like, why the fuck don't I just do one in LA? You know, go right down the fucking street, do it, shoot it, and then go home. Would be pretty amazing. I don't know why I never think to do that. It's typical me. But anyway, so that was the history there. And then on Monday night, I got to do the Troubadour, uh, which was another just Crazy thing, just to pull up to the marquee and see my name on the outside of that thing. It's just the coolest thing ever. And obviously every fucking band I ever loved um, that ever lived in L.A. played there. And uh, 
It was a thrill to go on stage here. So thank you to everybody that came out. And now I got the real deal. I got Hershey, Pennsylvania tonight. Then I'm in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And then I'm at the uh, what used to be the Continental Airlines Arena. I think it's now the Prudential Center out there in uh, New Jersey. I'm doing that on Say. So uh, I'm feeling really good about my act. And I'm in Minnesota right now, man. I, I, I would have gone out to the clubs, but uh, the game went into extra innings. I went to a Red Sox game. They were playing the Twins. Of course, they fucking lose in extra innings. Walk off single guy in second and third. That was it. And, um, but I got to go up in the booth for the whole game with uh, Kevin Euclid. And uh, Dave O'Brien, which was really cool, man. I still, there was, that's not easy. I'll tell you, it's not easy. I used to say, hey, you go up there, you just fucking shoot the shit, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you really got to be like, paying attention what's going on. And like somewhere around like the seventh or eighth inning, I just started like glazing over. It's a lot to pay attention to trying to figure out. First of all, I was looking at the game down on the field i didn't realize until like the eighth inning i should be looking at the little tv because they had all this information I'm sitting there craning my neck trying to figure out how many outs there were and all of that but uh, i want to thank everybody at nesson um i had a great time uh getting to do that so uh so that's it i think that's what the podcast is gonna be you know me talking conspiracy theories and just uh thanking people for fucking this that and the other uh, I got myself in decent shape for this fucking tour. I will tell you this, man. I was stretching because that's what you have to do as an older person. I'm stretching and I was sitting down and I didn't have a shirt on and I was sitting down and I was just like, what in the fuck happened to me? So when I get back, I got I to gotta join a gym. I, I need an elliptical back in my life. That's it. Then I'll end up fucking wearing out my hips and my goddamn knees and I'll have to get fucking hip replacement surgery. I mean, I don't know how you do it. Well, what do you do past 50? You just fucking eat iceberg lettuce all day and sip on black coffee? Is that what you can do? I really think like it's part of nature though where they want to make sure that you're aging out, you know, no one finds you attractive anymore and no one will fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're too old to reproduce, right? But then on the other side, you got all this fucking plastic surgery and all this shit. I was kind of talking about that in the game tonight. Like, there's guys from my generation that are just absolutely fucking yoked, shredded. And they're in their 50s. and they're, they're, it's, There's no fucking way to do it. I mean, how many chickens do you have to eat? You got to be like eating chicken and steak as you're doing push-ups. And nature's just like, no, 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 it's over. It's fucking over. Shut it down. Get some slippers. Put on some pajama bottoms. This is fucking it, right? My wife and I took a little stay vacation like a year and a half ago. And I saw there was a guy you know, down at the pool without a shirt on that was like probably my age, a little younger or whatever, and he was fucking jacked. And I said to Nia, I go, God damn, I go, that's fucking inspiring, man. Look at that guy. That guy is killing it. And Nia's going like, yeah, you know, kind of, yeah. I go, what? He goes, yeah, he's got a little, 
She does that and she imitates like putting a fucking syringe into your fucking leg. Does that. <laughs> and I was like, really? And she goes, yes. And the way she said yes actually bugged me because it made me feel stupid. Because she was right. Because there's like, I don't know. I never really stopped working out. And I've never done any of that shit. And if you see what the fuck I look like without a shirt off versus this guy, you know? Well, what do you build? A fucking pinnacle of 55-year-old beauty? Maybe this guy has better genetics. That's possible. But this guy, like, this guy looked like, like, I wouldn't fight this guy if I was 25. Like, that's how fucking, like, it wasn't, like, uh, roided up. But the guy was, like, solid, like fucking, uh, you know, tapered in, like, that just doesn't happen. No loose skin. No, no, just, oh God, look at me. I mean, just the fact he was in public without a fucking shirt on (laughs) was amazing. So who knows? I'm not going to talk too much shit about this because eventually what probably will end up happening is they'll have like some sort of organic steroids, you know, and they'll probably, and then of course there'll be, you know, the only way to get it to the masses, we'll have to, they'll have to exploit some group of people or whatever. I somehow went down this fucking rabbit hole, and uh, I think because I was looking at the thing about electric cars and all of that type of shit, and uh, it's so funny because I've been sitting saying on the podcast, going like, I don't understand. There's all of these people out there that claim to be patriotic, support the troops and all of that shit. It's like, well, you know, and want to fight terrorism. Well, they say how like most of those terrorist groups, they're funded by oil money. So it's like, why don't you drive an electric car? It's my simplistic brain. Okay, drive an electric car, you use less oil, even though there's fucking oil involved in electricity, whatever, whatever, you know? Maybe lessen our dependency on it and drive an electric car. Then I go down this fucking rabbit hole about where they get the materials. They get most of the materials from the Republic Republic of of Congo or whatever. And there's literally like slave labor conditions. They make like two fucking dollars a day. There's women down there with like babies strapped to their backs. They're handling this, whatever this raw material is that they need, but there's no gloves or anything. And they're breathing this stuff in with their baby. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, you just can't fucking, you can't win. You can't fucking win. And that you can't tell me there's no fucking way to turn a profit on that shit unless you treat people like that. I firmly believe it's because the people at the top want to give themselves a $100 million fucking bonus. Um, I don't know. Well, this has got depressing, didn't it? So there's basically no solution. So somebody told me, said, if you want to stay out of the depression of that, he told me this book and I actually ordered it and I was going to read the fucking thing and I forgot to bring it on this trip and it was something along the lines of the purpose of a man or the purpose of living your life or whatever and it's written by a holocaust survivor which is basically you know he's like essentially the worst level of human behavior and survived it and then came out of it and then you're just like so like what like how do I believe in anything because that would you know that's why the person like suggested the book to me because I'd kind of gotten to this, you know, place in my life where it's like, 
I don't know, you, you, you got kids, you, you want a good, a better world or whatever, you want people to be nice to each other and you're trying to make decisions where the least amount of people are getting hurt and everywhere you go, it's like, no, nope, fuck you. Oh, you like that? Oh yeah, they got babies putting those together in fucking uh, North Korea. What? Yeah, actual babies, actual babies. They, they don't feed them, they just make them work and then they eventually starve to the, what? Yes, yes, that's happening, that's the thing. <laughs> You know, obviously, I'm fucking exaggerating. So you got all that fucking horrible shit is happening. I don't know. And then, I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. I don't even know how I went down this fucking road. You know what it is? I just watched 10 fucking innings of baseball. It had to be mildly entertaining. My fucking brain is fried. So now I'm talking about slave labor in the Congo. I am so out of my element right now. Um, Having said all of that, uh, I've been really good lately. I haven't had a cigar in fucking forever. And I'm going to, when I get off this podcast in exactly 13 minutes, if there is a cigar bar still open, I am not going to go to it because I'm, I'm already in my hotel room. Who's kidding who? You know, I'm at that fucking age that once I get back to the hotel room and I see the bed, it's it. I'm done. You know? Hey, I'll I'll head out with you guys. Let me just go drop this off in the room. I see the bed, and then it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm not fucking going out. We actually just got a new fucking mattress, you know? No, we did not get an Indochino mattress or uh, a a hazmat. What the fuck is it called? I always always never know how to pronounce it. It begins with an H. Oh, my God, I can't remember. They've only been sponsoring my fucking podcast forever. Come on, Bill. You can do this. It's the name of a heavy metal band, too, isn't it? I don't fucking know. Anyway, we didn't get that because my wife, my wife basically bought a Craftmatic automatic adjustable bed, but it's the new version of it. So the whole fucking time I'm sitting there going like, because she go, I go, oh, so like when you want to go up that I have to go up too. What if I don't want to go up? She's like, no, it's split down the middle. It's basically two twins stuck together. Speaking of the Nazis, two twins stuck together, right? And then they fucking, they, you can decide, you can decide what you want to do. So I'm like, oh, all right. All right, that's, (laughs) that sounds okay. So she's so fucking excited about it. All right. So I have to be excited about it because I don't want to ruin her excitement. So I'm like, okay, this is good. So she gets it and it's cool. You know, it puts your legs up or whatever and everything, you know, your head goes up and all that shit. So last night's the first night we have it and I want to go to bed and it has this massage option on it where you can press the button and it is a massage. It's not a fucking massage. It's just shaking the bed like you're in some fucking whorehouse in the 1960s, like the fucking honeymoon suite when they'd have the hot tub the shape of a fucking heart, you know? And it's just jizz all over the place from the last people. So she goes, try out the massage thing. And I'm just sitting there. It's like, all right, it's vibrating. But You know what it felt like? It felt like, you know if you know what an earthquake feels like, 
not like a bad one, but there's always those ones where you're laying in bed going like, is the bed shaking? We have an earthquake. Is that an earthquake? Like fucking 30 miles away, so it's not really shaking us? Is, is that what's happening? And then you go on the, um, sorry, I get the hiccups, and I ate the worst fucking hot dog I've ever had in my life. This fucking thing was on the rotisserie since the beginning of the season. Oh, my God. And there was this bun, and it wasn't even sliced, so I had to open it with my fingers, and the both halves just came apart, and then just crumbs fell out the bottom. But I was starving, right? And you're up in the booth, there's like no food, so I fucking bit into it. How can I explain it? Like the outside of it, it was like the outside was like made out of wax. Like that was the kind of crunch it had, and then ugh, I plowed through. So anyway. What am I talking? I'm talking about Craftmatic automatic adjustable adjustable bits, right? So it just kind of goes like, like there's a giant cat underneath you, and then you go to the next level. It gets louder, and then like the last level is like, like really fucking loud, right? So I'm like, she's like, "Hey, you feeling that?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, I'm not into that, but I, I I like you know to be able to put your head up and your legs up. So I'm 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 on board with this purchase. I think she did a good thing, right? But then what happens is, is I want to go to sleep. So I bring my my side of the bed down, and then she still has the masseuse thing on, and it's going. But it, it, it's touching my mattress and I, I sleep on my side. So my head's on the pillow. The pillow's on the mattress. The mattress is touching her mattress and her mattress is vibrating. So now with my ear on the pillow, it sounds like she has it on the highest fucking level. To the point, I thought I had my side on. And I'm going, is my side vibrating? And she was like in bliss, loving it. So now I got to deal with this shit because she loves the fucking thing. And I don't know. It's just one of the, I'm thinking, oh, can I put earplugs in? But then like if you have the earplugs in, it's going to be even louder because you're, my body is touching the thing that is vibrating. And if you actually put earplugs in at that point, you hear it inside of your head and it's fucking louder. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. So we'll see. Oh, and then the last problem is, is the walls to our room are fucking weird. So the TV's off to the left. So now I got my fucking head craned. I'm folded up like a goddamn dumpling. And I got this fucking thing vibrating. But you know, I love my wife to death and I want to keep her happy. And if you saw how fucking excited she is for this bed, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it the, uh, going to give it the old college try here, but I'm going to have to, I mean, what the, I'm talking about it on the podcast. I'm obviously going to, I'm going to talk about it with her before you guys hear this shit because it's Wednesday night. I got to do the call from the road here. Um, I got to let her know about that. I'm going to say, you know, you know how you do it. I'm not saying I don't love the thing that you bought. I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm not saying that I'm not giving you credit for doing stuff for both of us. I'm just saying it sounds like there's uh, an elf with a fucking, you know, with a, a jackhammer. You know, maybe... uh He's got a little elfin driveway that he needs to tear up and he decided to do the work himself rather than fucking hire a full-size person. I don't know. I feel like I'm in Chicago and I got that shit apartment right next to the L. That's what I feel like. (laughs) Um, I'm fucking around. If you just saw how fucking excited she was. 
for it to come. And not only excited for it, she was excited for me and she wants me to love it. And I, I, I love it until it's making noise. So that's the only, it's going to be like the only problem. Well, the other problem is, is once you fucking, uh, oh God, she's going to kill me. The other problem with the fucking thing is once you're up, you know, it's funny. You feel like you're in the hospital. Like you just got your appendix out, right? Like who has a bed like this in the house, right? So <laughs> fucking sitting there. Then you get used to it and then you want to go to sleep and you fucking, you're laying it down the regular way, but your body is so used to the other way. You feel like you're doing like a back bend. It's almost like, I remember when I was trying to get my instrument rating, when they would talk about like, you know, if you were in the clouds and you were in a hold, if when you, you do that circle, like if you're banking, whatever, 15 degrees for long enough, after a while, that feels like straight and level. So when you go back to straight and level, you now think you're all the way over to the right or all the way over to the left. So you fucking overcorrect. It's kind of like that. Um, but I also only, I only slept in it like one night. Um, but I will tell you why I love the bed, though. Why I love the bed is because my wife fucking got so much joy out of it. She was so fucking excited. And, uh, you know. And I love her. I want her to be happy. So as long as she's fucking happy, I can drill, deal with this shit. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to deal with the fucking jackhammering. Um, you know, maybe because we didn't have, we didn't have sheets. You know, we didn't have all, all the bedding. Like, of course, the bed came, and then the fucking sheets come like the next day. And by the way, she handled all of this shit. I didn't have to handle any of it. You know, I get the out. You know, whenever fucking shit gets delivered, I'm always on the back porch. Like, I, I spend most of my time on my back porch. I fucking, I have meals out there. I write out there. I edit shit that I shoot out there. I just fucking, I love it. You know, I feel like if I'm out there, you know, I got the solitude and then, you know, if she's asking me to do something, I can't hear her. <laughs> Oh, you fuckers better find this funny because she's going to get upset if she... Are you saying you don't like it? No, nah, I'm just making jokes, man. Don't take it personally. Um, all right, hang on a second. What do I got here? The live read, everybody. Oh, look. Oh, Helix. Helix? That's what it is. We didn't get that mattress. We got a Craftmatic Automatic Adjustable bread Bed. Uh, simply safe, buddy. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you've probably heard me talk about Simply Safe. You know, they were named Best Home Security of 2023 by U.S. News and World Report. So they're probably resting on their laurels, right? That's probably what they're doing. No, they are not. Definitely not. They're always innovating, always working on the next thing to help you and your loved ones uh, be safe 24-7. Like their new two-in-one smoke and CO detector. What would CO be? CDs, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, carbon oxide, chief officer of detectors. I don't know. Uh, it's next generation hazard detection that distinguishes between fire and cooking smoke. So your home is protected and you get fewer false alarms. That's cool. Their new smoke and CO detector sensors join Simply Safe's 
comprehensive suite of advanced security cameras, sensors, and hazard detectors for seamless whole home monitoring. With 24-7 professional monitoring service, trained agents stand ready to respond to an emergency dispatching police, firefighters, or EMTs to your door, even if you're away or can't be reached. Monitoring services cost $1 a day. Simply says is, is easy to set up yourself or have a certified technician install it for you. And there's no reason to wait. With financing through a firm, you can secure your home today and pay overtime in installments that fit your budget. Right now, get 20% off your new system when you sign up for interactive monitoring. Visit simplysafe.com slash burr, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash burr. Um, there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody. Well, once again, I want to thank Nesson and everybody for letting me sit in the broadcast booth for an entire game. I can't believe I got to do that. The other times I've sat in there, I've only been able to be there for a half an inning. It's literally 20 minutes. It goes by in like two seconds. Um, when I was a little boy and I used to watch sports, I used to think, boy, oh boy, I, I, you know, I'd love to be a broadcaster. I thought it was the coolest thing because you got to go out of the games. You'd have like a great seat and all of that. So... It was definitely a childhood dream come true. So thank you to everybody over there. Um, Pennsylvania, Hershey, I'll see you. Bridgeport, Connecticut, you're next. And then I'll finish it up in New Jersey there. Um, if anybody knows a good spot to get coffee in, because uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go get a cigar. Nah, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. So what else? what else do I have left? I have fucking drinking coffee. I hate these fucking bullshit goddamn machines here that they have in the hotel rooms with the little shot. Oh, like the multicolored fucking shot here. Like, what? Is, they don't even tell you how to use the damn thing. It says Coffee Mate, the original, and then they got these colored ones. I don't even know what this is. The original what? Shake Well? Oh, that's cream. And then these are the coffees. There's different colored ones. Blue, Gold and brown. So what are those? Are there some of those decaf? If I take them out, do I automatically get charged? I can't even read this shit. What does it say? It says recycle. Recycle moi. Ooh, it's in French. And it says Tokyo? Lango? I don't even know what the... F what is this fucking shit? I'm not doing this. Little packets of sugar? Or is that cocaine? Um, all right, I'm not doing this. Okay, I'm going to bed. Enjoy the music picked out by the wonderfully talented Andrew Themelis. And then we have a bonus episode of the Thursday, um, what the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. That's it. I'll see you.
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday over there. It's uh, June 22nd, 2015, and I am in uh, Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa, where they make the wine, you know what they say. Um, California, Santa Rosa. And um, last night I performed... I don't even know. I can't remember the name of the venue. The Wells Fargo. Oh, ho, the Wells Fargo wagon is a... Oh, I can't even look it up on my website because my fucking website, the second I do the gig, it's like, go fuck yourself. It's over. That information no longer exists. Wait a second. Let me look me up here. Let me look me up. Oh, God. He's in his ego this week. Basically, who gives a fuck what the name of the thing was? Um... The venue I played last night was the uh, the venue George Carlin did his last stand-up special in. Um, someone, I, I thought someone told me that this was the place where he did his last show. It was the Wells Fargo Center for the Arts. Um, this is the place where he did um, his recorded his last special, and. His last performance was at the Orleans Casino in Las Vegas. If you're a George Carlin, not like me. Um, so last night I was I was standing backstage, and I don't know, man, it was really fucking cool. It was such a um, an amazing venue. It had like the lower level, and then it had like this this small upper deck that just wrapped around, you know all three sides that I was looking out at. It looked like a minor league ballpark and the crowd was, I could tell when Bartnick went out there, they were, uh, they were just a really smart crowd and uh, I had one of my best shows of the fucking tour. So I really want to thank everyone that came out last night and, um, you know, it was a good time. I don't know. Who knows? I ended up staying on the, up to like four in the morning with fucking Bartnick watching Full Metal Jacket and drinking this wine because, you know, we're in wine country, so they're just giving us this fucking wine and we're drinking it. And I have the worst goddamn hangover. I fucking, I appreciate wine, but wine should only be drank with, like, a good meal. You know what I mean? Somehow women can drink it. I don't know how the fuck they do it. You know, around 4, 4.30 when they really just can't deal with their fucking kids anymore. They just, you know, they pop in a DVD, you know, okay, go watch SpongeBob takes over fucking Japan, whatever the fuck they're doing, right? SpongeBob versus Pokemon, come on, kids. You know, this was, just sit out, and then they just fucking, they just start boozing, which I totally respect. I don't know how the fuck they do it, though, man. It's a brutal hangover. So I'm like, all right, the bus isn't, we're not leaving until 11 in the morning. You know, so I stayed up till like four in the morning. And then back of my head, it's like, well, I got to do my podcast. It's like, ah, no big deal. I'll do it on the bus and I'll just fucking upload it. And uh, at like fucking 830 in the morning, the people staying in the room next to me, they had these two little kids, like real young. Those fucking kids were up at the crack of dawn. And one of them was, you know, there's a door between my hotel room and the other one. And one of them with his little baby hand was just slapping the door. You know, talking gibberish, just slap, slap, slap. But you can't get mad at a baby. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess some people do, you know. That doesn't usually end up well. I think babies are pretty much, uh, they've yet to win 
in a fight with an adult. You know what I mean? They're like the 1977 fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers that just went 0-14. You know, I don't know what it is with babies. They they really got to turn it around when they're fighting adults. They got to somehow, uh, they got to change the culture, you know, in that nursery and somehow try to, to get out there and try and find a way to win. You know, because I'll tell you right now, you know, if they keep doing what they're doing, you know, they're never going to beat an adult. You like that? that I, went into, I went into Mike Golick there. You hear the kid crying? So um, it's not fucking real. Just kids just fucking wake up and they they don't even have to stretch. You know what I mean? Like before I get out of bed, I swear to God, if I just lay down and watch TV for 20 minutes, if I get out of bed, I feel like I haven't walked in nine years. Like I before I get out of bed, I literally have to take my fucking toes and point them at my knees and hold it there for like fucking... <laughs> For like a good 30 seconds. Then I get up, I'm fine. If I don't do that, if I just get up and start walking, I do that, you know, you take that one and a half steps and it, you, you do that little fucking quick little, like somebody just kicked you in the side of the leg. You go, oh, you know, and I have to stop, put my hands down on the mattress and then stretch out my fucking whatever it is, my Achilles. These kids just get up and run, man. You know, I swear to God, if I... Is it illegal to get your baby drunk? You know, just so it'll sleep longer, and when it wakes up, it's just, it's just gonna lay there like, ah, shit, you know. Oh, I'm fucking tired. Let me just lay here. Let me just lay here for another twenty minutes. You know, that's what I would do. If I had a baby, I would just get it hammered, big time. Drink up, you know. I put it right in its formula. Is that illegal? You know, I know you, you're not allowed to drink publicly until you're 18 but if you're with your parent or a legal guardian can't you get fucked up together i'm seriously asking you that you know what if it's wine you know you make it sophisticated like whatever like like if you have like one of those gerber ones if it's a lighter color do you go with a white wine for the baby and then if it's like one of those ones that has beets in it you get them a red or is that redundant is that vulgar to have uh, 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 that two colors on top of each other. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not sophisticated like like you fucking wine drinkers. You know? Somebody's got to be doing I know, obviously I know that's fucking illegal, but somebody's out there's got to be doing it. You know? Like, Jesus Christ. It's like if you're a night owl and your kid just wakes up at six in the morning, something has to give. You know? Didn't they used to do that when babies were teething? They pour a little booze into their milk or something like that, or do they rub it right on their gums? You know, like the kid's some fucking cop trying to determine whether it's cocaine or not. You know, they always do that in the fucking TV shows and the movies where they're like, they're like, what do you got there, Mike? And he goes, you know, he does a little, little tap, 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 and he christens him. Yeah, this is the real deal. You know? Oh, he's crying. Poor thing. Whenever I hear a baby cry, I just stop fucking. It always makes me laugh. I always just think, like, you know what, dude? I hear you. I want to do that, too. I wish I could still cry like that the way a baby does, just over little things. I think I wouldn't even be angry anymore. You just get it out of you, you know? If I go to turn on my phone and I find out that I didn't recharge it the night before, 
and it's completely dead. You know, rather than be like, fucking goddamn fucking idiot, Bill. What if I just went, <laughs> he just fucking cried it out. Oh, my God. How much would your wife fucking freak out if you just started doing that? I wish I could do it for real, you know, just as a joke with Nia and just tell her that I fucking, I'm reading this new book on crying it out. And just see how long I could sustain it. I didn't think I could cry once. You'd just be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? And then I would just cry even more. <laughs> like, you know what a baby does when you yell at it? I don't know what it is. Babies just fucking make me laugh no matter what they're doing. Like, you ever see those psychos, like, when you're on a fucking plane? I, th I feel like I just keep going, like, what if this happened? Like, did you ever have this happen? Like, why am I talking? I got to do it again. Instead of saying, like, why am I talking as if I'm a seventh grade girl chewing gum? You know why? Because I went to bed at, like, 4.30 in the morning. That's why. So you're going to have to deal with it. Oh, Billy Teeny Bopper here this week. Um, whenever I'm on a, a fucking plane and a baby starts crying, Whenever I see people, like the, those people who get angry, like, oh, they put on their fucking bows, uh, noise canceling things. You know, I always feel like anybody who has the money to buy headphones, that all they do is just block out the sound of other people. It's just like, there's only, the only way you could do that is if you, uh, you had like blood money. Who's got the money for bows fucking, they're like $300. And all they do is just block out people talking. It actually sounds great. If I had a fucking pair of those on right now. Then I wouldn't hear those kids crying. I don't know what it is. No idea. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is happy Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> happy belated Father's Day. You know? Did you get your dad a man great so he knows that you care? You know? Mangrate's fucking hilarious. They just advertise once a year. Like your dad only wants steakhouse quality once a fucking, once a year. That's it. You know, I called up uh, a bunch of my friends who are dads. And I was just like, hey, you know, happy Father's Day. What are you doing today? And they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working in the yard. Oh, uh, you know, I'm fucking... Uh, I'm putting up a shelf or something. I'm like, no, what are you doing, you know, for your your sort of birthday here? It's Father's Day. And every one of them, just, it was just one shitty thing after another. It's like none of you guys are going out to like a titty bar. None of you are going to a ball game. You're just out in the fucking yard. I don't know what the, I don't, I don't get that. You know, Mother's Day, don't you take her out for a little Eggs Benedict? You get her some flowers. I feel bad for the dads out there. What could you do, you know? Even if there's a steak, I mean, God God knows you got to go out and go make it, right? Unless you're Paul Verzi. Paul Verzi doesn't fuck with his grill. It's unreal. I went over to his house one time. You know, we were having burgers. And he, he didn't even make them. You can't have that, man. You can't have somebody else manning your fucking grill. I mean, what happens next, you know? See, you let a man come over your house and he cooks on your grill and you're not cooking on it. I mean, within five minutes, he's going to be slow dancing with your wife. 
You can't have, I, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care if you suck at it. I mean, it's not that hard. Get good at it, right? Just make a couple of burgers, some hot dogs. Jesus Christ, Verzi. Um, you know, it's funny, as later on today, I'll be like, uh, dude, did you say I didn't cook on my, I don't, I fucking cooked on my, no, you didn't. You didn't. Um, Anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast as we're working our way through June. Um, me and Bartnick. Bartnick is absolutely fucking destroying in front of me, man. It's great. It's making me have better sets because uh, this dude's bringing the heat. He's bringing the fire. Um, he's just one of my favorite comics. I'm going to leave it at that. The fucking guy just, it's, it's, his act is just so blunt. And even when he talks, he just gets right to it. And uh, I can't even say half the shit he says because it's so fucking politically correct. But he talked to me about, I forget, he was working someplace and some biker came in with all his biker buddies. And one of them peeled off and wanted to go into this room. And Joe was like, yeah, you can't go in here. And the guy was like, oh, I can't go in there? And Joe, just, Joe has a way of like... Uh, you know, just get, having a look on his face where all the emotion goes away and it makes your fucking blood run cold. So he's telling the story and he goes, the biker goes, oh, I can't go in there. And then Joe just makes that face and goes, no, you can't go in there. And he said him and the biker guy were staring at each other. And then the biker dude backed down. And he was just like, all I was thinking was, uh, you know, hey, dude, I can go back to Pittsburgh and make pizzas while your pussy biker friends are putting you in the ground. <laughs> I left out a couple of words. Um, oh, my God. He said that shit. And I think I can't remember where the fuck we were. It was me and somebody else just were fucking crying, laughing. And Joe's sitting there still deadpan like what? Like he went into that mindset. I don't think I've ever thought... Had thought I don't remember a time anybody threatened my life, but if they had that look on, on their face that Joe had, there's no fucking way I would I would back down too. I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> see you later. Walking with my biker jacket over my forearm like a gentleman, you know. Jesus Christ, people got tattoos in Northern California. My God. I saw this woman, she was so tatted up, it went all the way up her neck, and then, like, you know when they go beyond the neck, but not quite their face? What, what is that part of your, your face between your neck and your chin? It's like the taint of your face, you know? Is that all? I mean, your chin is that thing right in the front, right? Jesus Christ, Bill, take an anatomy class. Oh, fuck you. What is that? What is the underneath there? Is that still part of the neck or is that part of the chin? What would you say? Oh, you put the gun right under his fucking chin. Yeah, I guess that's your chin, Right? I don't fucking know. Anyways, she was tatted right up to where if you had a cleft chin, it stopped there. And right along her face, too. You know, like when someone has a really neatly trimmed beard? It literally looked like she was slowly drowning in tattoos. Like if you stared at her long enough, it was going to move up another inch. And she was going to start panicking, worrying if she was still going to be able to breathe. Um... You know what really is normal now is actually to have a tattoo on your face is not as shocking. 
The only time you used to see it was back in the day when you watched National Geographic. And there's some tribe down in, in South America. They just draw all over each other's face. You know? Worse than, like, prison tattoos. It looks like Morse code. You know? Or, like, uh, one of the, you remember those things you had before there was the Internet? You had crossword puzzles and mazes. Get through the maze and you drew, like, a pencil line. That's what they, that's like they draw a maze on their fucking face. Um... I just saw a lot like chicks with just fucking giant pieces, I believe them they call them, all up and down their, their their arms. It's like everybody out here plays in Good Charlotte or something. I don't I don't understand it. They're great people. Good looking people too. Good looking broads up here in Northern California. I gotta get you this uh I know I'm all over the place. I don't give a fuck. I gotta get you this this picture of this guy. Um who had a tattoo of his baby's face put on the side of his face and 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 like part of it like went in covered up part of his ear like where the and then it was also really dark i didn't get it i mean it was a white baby it's like why is this thing so dark it was like it looked like a baby that was like <laughs> like if it was me as a baby but for some, I don't know, kid stuck his head in the fireplace. It's like just the worst, it's the worst fucking tattoo I've ever seen in my life. And this guy's going, check it out, man. Check out my new ink. Man, let me look at this. Man puts tattoo. I saw it on Facebook. I love, I love Facebook, man. That's when you know you're old, when you like Facebook and all the kids are like, oh, fucking Facebook's so lame. Good, get out of here, you fucking punk. I don't want you around here anyways. You dumb stories, thinking you lived life. You haven't. All right, you fucking dope. I'm actually that old now when I look at people in their 20s, like college-age kids, and I just think, God, what a bunch of fucking dopes. Watch when they drink, the way they behave. I used to think I was a maniac. Dude, I'm fucking crazy. It's like, no, I wasn't. I was some nerd who couldn't handle the, the freedom of not being around his parents anymore. And just experiencing that for the first time. Oh, I'm going to get drunk and jump off something so that chick over there thinks I'm... I'm funny or crazy, and then maybe she'll blow me. Like, really, Bill? That was your game plan? All right, man puts tattoo of baby's face on his face. There'll probably be like 20 different pictures of some dummy doing this. There it is. There it is. Yeah, and he's holding his baby. He's got a white baby. And this, this baby looks like, I don't know, it's weird. It looks like the baby is uh, coming out of a fireplace. You know, face maybe a little on fire. What a fucking... Why would you do that? Where, where could that guy get... He couldn't even get a job in a fucking nursery. Like, look, look how much I love babies. But no, no, not in a sexual way. You know, Jesus, I just yelled at and they have babies next door. I hope they can't hear me. Of course they can hear you, Bill. Their kids aren't yelling that loud. You can hear them, right? Oh, Jesus. Well, this would be my evidence, right? If they came in. Why are you talking about, uh, I can't remember what the fuck I just said. Oh, not in a sexual way. Why are you talking about babies in a sexual way? I'd be like, no, I actually did a podcast, officer. Here, listen to it. And then he takes my device and just erases it. <laughs> so, some crooked cop. All right. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here. Um, all right, we're about 19 minutes in. I think it's time to listen to Bill read out loud. What do you guys think, huh? What do you think?
All right, hey, my batteries died, so I had to go to the front desk and go get some more batteries. Battery level high. That's what the, the recorder says because it has the English lady in there because it makes your device more classy. So this, uh, you know, lady butler that's in my recorder kept going, battery level medium. So I'm thinking it's going, you know, all right, well, I don't have to worry about anything until fucking Queen Elizabeth goes battery level low. And then I was going to buy batteries. But this shit went from battery level high to battery level medium to just shutting off. You know what I mean? That's like when somebody you know just gets divorced out of fucking nowhere. You're like, I thought they were getting along great. Not of nowhere. We just, we decided to go our separate ways. Did you? Well, that's good. Good for you. Good on you. All right. So anyways, let's get to the, uh, let's listen to me read out loud. Oh, here we go. We'll get to that one later. Um, all right. What else did I want to talk about this week? I, by the way, that fucking horrible tragedy, that douchebag shooting up the, uh, the church. Can somebody please explain to me? I don't understand this as a white person. Why are white people trying to act like that wasn't a racist act? I mean, did he have to have I'm a racist tattooed across his fucking forehead? What What else? Why? why? I, I just... I hate when people fucking... They look at their race like it's a team. You know what I mean? It's like me when I defend Tom Brady. And you guys all go, oh, if it was on the other fucking way, you know, Andrew Luck did it, you'd be shitting on him. Right? I'd like to think I wouldn't be. But people do that with, like, race. So because, like, they're saying this racist white dude is racist, then somehow they're saying you're racist. They're not saying you're racist, you fucking moron. He's a racist. And white people, stop fucking acting like you, you don't know racist white people. You know that guy at the cookout who out of, gets a couple beers in him and starts dropping the N-word, and then you got to be like, hey, hey, take it easy. Come on, come on, huh? Trying to have a good time here, right? That fucking guy, and then hopefully you don't ever invite him again. Why are you acting like those fucking people don't exist? You know that that guy's a racist at your fucking cookout, and all he did was drop the N-word while he was eating a cheeseburger. This fucking guy went into that church specifically to kill black people because he hated black people. I mean, what, what the fuck more do you need? There was like nine shows. If I had any hair left, I would have tore it out watching him going, what the fuck are you trying to defend? Sorry. None of that was funny, but it was fucking true. Um, anyways, getting back to uh, the podcast here, I saw this article on, uh, oh, Jesus, did I get rid of it? Where is it? There it is. This fucking guy who's, in, who's evidently the 970th member of Guns N' Roses. And I know, even though I'm making fun of that fucking band, you know, I'm not even making fun of the band like the musicians think. It's just the fact that they're still calling it Guns N' Roses, Right? That would be like if you, you bought McDonald's and you fired, you fired that fucking clown and you're still going, yeah. And you fired the Grimace and the Hamburglar and you got rid of Mayor McCheese. None of them were there anymore. But like, uh, I don't know, the fucking one of them, one, the Grimace stuck around. No, you know what? Ronald McDonald did because Axel is a fucking redhead. Um. <laughs> and you're still acting like it's this band of brothers. Whatever. So anyways, there's this article by um, the 9,000th guitarist and guitarist. The guy's DJ Ashba. And it says, DJ Ashba, Guns N' Roses guitarist DJ Ashba, claims his aunt and uncle invented technology for aerosol cans. All right? Uh, 
Guns N' Roses and 6AM, Nikki Six's band, guitarist DJ Ashbo was interviewed by Sweetwater editorial director Mitch Gallagher. Here's what he said. Ashba says, who owns a company centered around media and advertising that runs various other countries was asked what takes him in those directions. He responds, now basically they wrote exactly what he said, so I'm going to maybe fuck up the emotion of this thing. But basically he said, you know, I don't know. I've always had that creative bone. My aunt and uncle invented the technology for aerosol cans. So ever since I was young, dot, 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 they came out with a product when I was really young called PAM. That's like a buttery spray. And I've always kind of grew up in that environment. I thought outside the box, and it really taught me that it's better to create your own job than to work nine to five. So that's what's always been my mindset. I just love creating. Ashba also talked about his belief that musicians should diversify and have a backup plan. He said, I absolutely will always stand by that. If you put all your eggs in one basket, all you got to do is drop them and they're going to break. And every one of them will break. But the whole thing, dot, dot, dot. And I've learned this from 6 a.m. bandmate, Nikki Six. It's like you set up buckets you set up buckets, little incomes coming in there, 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 there. And as a whole, that's how you, you know, if this one, Jesus Christ, this is getting difficult. If three buckets aren't doing well this month, but the other ones are, you're going to be fine. So it's diversifying. But if you put all your eggs in one bucket and you have five months of, you know, things aren't going that well, that could spill all your eggs. Right? Now, what the fucking guy said in there, I'm telling you, is the key to freedom. And making your money work for yourself. So I'm looking at the comments, and everybody's just shitting on him. Next thing you know, he'll be telling us he invented whippets. Somebody wrote, so the fuck what? I guess that's some new cool way of saying what the fuck. And somebody wrote, and he invented huffing aerosol cans. Uh, I would like to salute Auntie and Uncle Ashba for making it possible for me to get high on the cheap during my turbulent and troublesome teen years. Uh... Buy a real shirt. So his aunt and uncle are responsible for the deaths of countless insects for screwing up the ozone layer and even worse for all the horrible hairstyles of the 80s. Congrats. Someone writes, this guy is the ultimate poser. It's it, it, everybody just shits all over him. Now, I don't think he really fucking meant aerosol. I think he just invented Pam. I don't know what. But in the middle of all that, he said some brilliant shit about how this guy's made it as a guitarist right but then he's starting these business on the side with the money that he's made so if the next album doesn't do well his business is doing well and there's this thing in in you know i found being a comedian people always say that hey you know if you have a fucking backup plan you're not going to go 100 percent as a comedian and i kind of bought into that after you know you know, early on, but the reality is, is you can make all this money as a comedian, as a guitarist, as whatever you're doing, but then you can take that money and start other shit. You know, I got this stupid ass podcast. I got some money coming in from the fucking advertising. I do my stand up. I got money coming in from that. And now I, I'm, I'm looking at, okay, maybe I'll, I'll take this money and go buy an apartment building and become a fucking slumlord. And then when I'm in like 70, if I own enough of those fucking things, I don't have to go on the road. Or if people are just like, oh, he's that old freckled fuck. He's been talking about the same shit for 50 years. Fuck him. And I go back down to playing in front of 30 people. I can still do it because I love it, but I won't become destitute. 
And this guy is like giving you this information for fucking free and everybody just shits all over him. I, I don't know. I found it really, uh, really inspiring. And um, a combination of that. And I also, um, I was reading this thing. I'm going to fuck up the guy's name. I think his name is Nick Offerman. That guy from that show, um, you know, where every Parks and Recs. The guy looks like an older uh, Zach Galifianakis. You know him? He's funny as fucking hell. He does a lot of voiceover cartoon shit. Why don't you just look it up, Bill? Because, you know what? I got my fucking hands full right now. I'm holding the recorder and I got my phone. But he had this great article. And I'm going to read this to you guys here. It said, what, what is the best advice you ever received? And he said, I had this amazing teacher in college, my sensei in the Kabuki Theater. And I thought that that was when the women, you know, fucking put on the makeup, right? And they gave you a hand job in the end. I have no fucking idea. Anyways, um, name Shozo Sato. I probably fucked up his name. For me, he was between Mr. Miyagi and Obi-Wan Kenobi. He told me to always maintain the attitude of a student. No matter how old you are, wake up in the morning and think, okay, how am I going to better myself? Am I going to improve my French? Am I going to give my wife a good back rub? <laughs> then you can go to bed having tried something. It's led to a life that is more fruitful than if you have the mindset of being a master. Once you think you're the master, then you grow bitter waiting for someone to throw you a parade because you're so fucking smart. He didn't say fucking smart, but those two things right there, right there. You know what I mean? I hope you got something out of that. I have no fucking idea. But um, that's the way you should go about it. If you play guitar, whatever the fuck you do, if you think that, yeah, dude, I'm the shit, then you stop growing and then these young bucks run you down. I'm basically saying, people, that even though I can tell a shit joke at the level that I can, I never stop trying to find a, a, a better way to tell that shit joke. What if I squatted down and really tried to take a shit on stage? I mean, those are the kinds of things. <laughs> I'm making fun of it, but I really got inspired by both of those things. So there you go. Now, I can't always be sitting here on the podcast screaming cunt, can I? All right, let's add. Let's do some adding here. I did 19 minutes and 17. 19 and 17 is fucking 38 minutes. All right, I got another 22 here to go. Um, all right, what the fuck was I? Did I want to talk about here? Oh, so we went to Reno, the biggest little town in America, and uh, that was one of the rowdiest fucking crowds I performed in front of in a long time, and it kind of surprised me because the last time I came to Reno, they weren't like that. But what happened was, is we pulled in to Reno, which I fucking love that city, right? We pulled in and we just see all these people in the street. They had closed off the street. We had to try to figure out how to get the bus around. And uh, they had this festival out there. It was Brews, Blues, and BBQ. They should have said BBQs, you know, like you're getting more than one barbecue, just so it rhymes. Brews, Blues, and BBQs. But it was blue, Brews, Blues, and BBQ. And I swear to God... This shit show that was walking around out in the sun, the tattooed fucking shit show of people walking around hammered, you know, parents who let their fucking in-laws watch the kids and they're down there sunburned, boozing, eating barbecue. Me and Bartnick immediately were just like, oh, there's barbecue. We got to fucking go. And we go down there and people were fucking shit faced, well on their way to getting shit faced. I saw some lady in the sun, right, sitting at this table with her head down, like, you know, 
remember when you came in from outdoor recess and everybody was all amped up from the sugar and salt you'd put in your bodies during lunch and you came in and the teacher would be like, all right, everybody put your heads down on the desk. Let's just take a little nap here. Let's fucking relax so you're not bouncing off the walls as I try to teach you some phonics here. That's what she looked like. And she was, I mean, it was like two in the afternoon. So me and Bartnick are going like, all right, let's get some barbecue. Took us forever to find out where it was. And then when we found it, it had this ridiculously long line. And Bartnick's looking at me going, dude, I don't want to fucking stand in that line. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. Let's not stand. But then it seemed to be moving. So we were like, fuck it. So we stood in the line and uh, the barbecue was unbelievable. One of the best briskets I ever had. And I was sitting there going, all right, I've been eating right. I've been doing cardio every day. Um, let's just pick one meat. All right, either get the ribs, the pulled pork, or the fucking brisket. And, uh, you know, I was starving, so you know how that goes. You get up there, and your brain is telling you, you know, just get the pulled pork or just get the ribs, you know. But the demon, the sugar salt demon that's running through your veins goes, get all three. And who do you give into? You give into the addiction. So I go, all right, let me get, let me get all three. And some coleslaw and one of those little fucking jalapeno cornbread things. So um, we fucking, you know, I'm f in front of Bartnick. I get all my shit and I get a lemonade. And I, f I see this table where there's two people already sitting there, but there's an umbrella and some shade. And, you know, I'm a redhead, so I'm one degree away from a fucking albino. So I beeline towards that and I sit down. I said, hey, do you guys mind if we sit here? And this guy's like, you know, it cost you fucking eight bucks. <laughs> this crazy fucking laugh. And he's missing... Number eight, okay, you got two teeth down front, eight and nine, going from right to left. Um, he was missing number eight. No, I'm sorry, number nine. He was facing me. Sorry, it's my dental office days. And I didn't give a fuck. I was just, I rolled with their jokes. You know, I was like, all right, man, I'll give it to you in a check. He goes, no, nah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's only six bucks. <laughs> Fucking crazy laugh. Missing a tooth. And at that point, Bartnick sits down and he's got that I'm going to murder a biker look on his face. And he just looks at me and he goes, and they're like trying to joke with him and he completely ignores them. And he looks at me and he goes, there's a tent over there. And I go, oh, oh yeah. And because now it's all awkward because he's not interacting with these people who are hammered, telling the worst jokes ever. And I'm pretending like they're funny. And Joe goes, there's a tent right over there. And I just go, oh, oh, you, you want to go sit over there instead? And he goes, yeah. And he stands up. So then I, like a little kid, just go, okay, guys, see ya. And I walked over there. I start laughing. I go, Jesus Christ. And he goes, and he just goes, Bartnick does this thing where he just sort of puts his hand up, one of his hands up. He goes, dude, I want to enjoy my meal, okay? I don't want to sit there, talk to that, what did he call them, methy or something like that with this missing tooth. I just want to sit here and enjoy it. And then we sat down. At this other fucking table and it was actually great we actually where we sat there was like a breeze and all this thing um and the fucking barbecue was delicious and um <clears throat> i looked across the parking lot and there was this little coffee shop little tiny coffee shop looked like there was enough room in there for someone to stand and have a coffee maker this little coffee shop and you know what it was called it was called pony espresso <laughs> And my wife loves wordplay. So immediately I took a picture of it and I called her up, you know, and I've been on the road for a little while. So she gets a little grumpy when I'm gone that long. Um, 
which is funny because when I get home, then she gets grumpy when I'm home for five days. I'm a really annoying person is what I'm trying to tell you. So I called her up and I told her that joke and she fucking lost it. I don't know why she loves wordplay, but it's my one of my favorite things to do is when I see some dumb wordplay business sign, I call her up. And every once in a while, something gets her. And she likes horses, and she thinks ponies are cute. And she just thought it was the cutest name ever. And she fucking laughs for like five minutes, making me laugh as I'm sitting there devouring the barbecue. It might have been the best moment of the tour. So anyways, you'd think having done stand-up for 23 fucking years, I would have done the math and realized that this sunburned, tattooed, missing-tooth shit show that was already drinking four hours before my show was going to start. Some of them, <laughs> some of those animals were going to fucking come into the show. It never dawned on me. And I went out on stage. It was one of those things as a comic, you come walking out on stage and you just feel the vibe. Like, all right, why do I feel like I'm in a saloon in the 1800s? And I think I said one thing and somebody yelled from the, to the left. I don't know if that's stage left or stage right. I never know how the fuck that works. And just right out of the gate, it's like, Jesus Christ, I didn't even get a fucking word out. So I riffed something about how they had, this person had horrible parents and that's why this person was behaving this way. And, um, and then that was basically the end of the show. I had engaged with them. So now it, it just became a totally interactive experience. It was actually a really fun show. Um, I do a couple of jokes and then I just have to have a conversation with a drunk. There was actually a guy in the crowd who got kicked out. And he wasn't with anybody else. He was by himself. Like he was he was basically the best drinker of all of his friends is what I figured out. Because somebody just, I'm in the middle of my joke and somebody just yells, security, security. And they immediately made a beeline over. And I see them grabbing this guy to, you know, escort him out. And usually at that point, there's either at least one other person with them screaming that it was bullshit. And there wasn't. He walked out by himself. And there was just one empty chair. And uh, I think that's when I finally put it together. And I was like, uh, oh, okay, now I get it. You guys are the guys that I saw drinking six hours ago out on the street. And everybody laughed. It was one of those crowds that would laugh at the jokes, but they would really laugh when I would snap and tell them how fucking drunk and how much they're not paying attention. Then they would really laugh. Um, but hopefully it was still a good show. There was a few people that I was like, oh, I wish I could have saw in front of a sober crowd. So I kind of felt bad about some of that shit. But um, I don't know. It reminded me of my days when I was working my way up as a comedian and um, just watching somebody go on in front of you, having to deal with the crowd. But they weren't like Bartnick, like a seasoned vet, so they were able to handle it like they were a new comic like I was. And you would watch them going up just person after person, just bombing. And you'd be just thinking like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you just try to come up with a game plan. What am I going to do? What joke am I going to open with? What am I going to say to that guy? <clears throat> that guy says anything to me. Like back then, I used to I used to have to plan out shit that I was going to say rather than just go with the frustration of the moment in the moment. And um, when you'd go up there, if you bomb too, you'd just go home so fucking defeated and angry. But if you actually won... If you actually turn the room around, it was just the greatest fucking feeling. Like you felt like, uh, I don't know, you felt like you were, in, you were on point of some platoon. 
and somehow you didn't get fucking whacked. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm talking about here. So anyways, um, this is like big time wine country out here. And um, we played, bouncing back here, old ADD Bill here. We played that theater last night. And it was just some of the greatest fucking people backstage I've been with. Like our bus driver ran into somebody else that he knew back when he used to, I guess, I didn't know our bus driver used to drive the Allman Brothers. And um, I should have known he did because he was fucking cool as shit. And if you get a cool bus driver, those guys work all the time. You get some fucking weirdo, you know what I mean? They used to drive like, you know, I don't know, Millie Vanilli or some shit, right? So um, him and the other guy are just sitting there and um, we're hanging out. And they had this unbelievably gorgeous, long dining room table. And it was one of those modern rustic is what they call it. It was built from wood from an old ship. And then and then the legs were, were made out of metal. And the table was just indestructible. What I loved about it is when you have a table like that, you can spill shit on it. You can literally use it as a cutting board if you wanted to. And, um, you know, I should give you guys the name of that fucking place. Um, I guess they're expensive as fucking hell. But uh, I've been looking for a dining room table because we have this awful just round one. We got it from our neighbors, and then we paid this guy to refinish it. And uh, my wife, because she's so fucking creative, had these this design carved into it that was the same design of this panel thing that was at our wedding. She had, oh, Jesus Christ. I just realized there's no way she's getting rid of that table. So, well, I guess I'm not buying a table from these fucking people. But uh, if you guys would like a really great fucking table... Coca's Dico is, it's C-O-K-A-S-D-I-K-O, I I believe. And they're in Santa Rosa, California. And um, they make tables all different sizes. This was like, what I loved about this table was it was big enough that an entire entire band could come in. You know, because there's a lot of music acts that played at this venue. Could just come in, everybody could sit down. Granted, if they still got along. Um, And these people, like, they had this unbelievable spread and they had glasses of wine and cheese and all that, just giving you the whole experience. Because most of the times, you know, you're traveling, you don't get to have the experience. Like I wanted to go to Bizarre Guitar and Gun Shop, and I just didn't have the time to get over there um, after I went over to get the barbecue. Um, you know, when you eat a bunch of barbecue, your body just is just like, all right, shutting down now, dealing with what you just put. Like, you just put so much fucked up shit into your body. There's not enough energy left to keep you awake so your body's just like all right powering down you know it's like when you put your laptop on sleep mode like that's what your body does to you like yep yeah, that's why you know black people call it the itis i don't know what white people call it you know whatever the fuck it is it's like uh, i learned that from charlie murphy i told this story before i gotta tell it again charlie murphy and donnell rawlings we were on a tour called uh the rich bitch tour and that was from uh, when Donnell, Donnell was the guy that did that, I'm rich, bitch, that would scream at the end of the Chappelle show. <clears throat> so, um, you know, they used to always just sit there breaking balls, breaking balls, breaking balls, you know, making fun of my clothes and all that type of shit. And uh, it was the worst in the morning, you know what I mean? Because I'd wake up, you know, hungover, whatever. And these guys were like a couple of kids. They just woke up like we, we like they weren't drinking with me the night before. Um, I don't know if they taking multivitamins or what, right? Um, so one day I was just fucking, I didn't want to deal with it. And we had this long drive from Chicago all the way up to like Mount Vernon. I don't even fuck it. Mount Vernon is New York. 
I can't remember, somewhere, like it was like a two-hour drive, and I knew that they were going to be loud and breaking my balls, and I went extra hard, and I didn't want to deal with it. And I was standing out there. We had this fucking car service, right? This old-ass limo. I remember that. Are there any new limos, by the way? They're always fucking old as shit. Um, this old-ass fucking, literally looked like the thing was from, like, the 80s. This old town car, right? And I'm standing there going, oh, my God, I don't want to deal with these guys. They're going to be loud as shit. And I looked down the street, and I saw Popeye's. And I was just like, fuck this. Because they had taught me about the itis. Because Donnell was eating so bad. Donnell was literally buying hot dogs at, like, gas stations. And he'd eat them. And within fucking five minutes, he would be asleep. Like, his body would just power down, dealing with the poison he just put in. So I went down the street, went in there, and got this giant bucket of Popeye's chicken with fucking mashed potatoes and biscuits. And they came walking out. I was like, hey, guys, I got us some food. They were like, oh, all right, man, thanks, thanks. And they start eating it. And I'm just sitting there nursing, like, one drumstick. And they ate that shit. And, like, within fucking 20 minutes, (laughs) they were both passed out. And I just sat there with a fucking shit-eating grin and just rode in total silence up to fucking wherever the fuck we were going. So there you go. If you're ever in a car and you got a loud friend or something like that, a legal way to drug them is you just get some really bad fast food because it's poison. It's just all trans fats. Well, I, I, in my own selfish way, I poisoned two really good friends of mine. I temporarily poisoned them so I could just sit there, you know, and enjoy myself as I rode up. You know what I mean? And is it slightly racist that I went and got a bucket of chicken for two African-Americans? In defense of me, it's the first one that I saw. It was the first thing that I saw. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Anyways, moving on. What are we up to here? 32, 32 and 19, 51 minutes. Oh, we're closing in on it there. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. I am. Oh, Jesus Christ. I haven't even done the fucking letters for this week. I'm out of, I'm out of it. I'm out of it here. Where the hell did it go? Is this them? All right, let's, let's, let's listen to me read out loud one last time here. Oh, my God. You know what I almost forgot to talk about? Do you know I watched the end of the U.S. Open and watched that poor bastard putting for Eagle? He's with Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Wayne Gretzky is in the crowd, a man who has his name on the cup four times, a man who is a champion. And you saw Gretzky had a big smile on his face like, yeah, buddy, here we go. You sink this fucker. You go top shelf with this thing. And it was a long putt. And the guy didn't, he didn't sink it. So it's like, all right, whatever. And then he had a three-foot putt. And I had to leave. I had to run out to go do my show. And I shut off the TV, assuming he was going to sink the three-foot putt. And then there was going to be a playoff that I could watch, you know, before my show. I guess it would have been today. They would have played like a whole nother round of golf or some shit, I guess is how it works. So I shut the TV off. Thank God I did. And as I'm going out, I was I was going out to to the to, to the bus, my phone starts blowing up and people were some <laughs> Verzi wrote, Oh my god, that just made me sick. And I thought at first they were talking about they were talking about the uh you know, him missing the, the, the eagle pot, right? Um I got this message from a buddy of mine, he wrote, Holy fucking shit. 
That's just awful. What does Gretzky say there? And I wrote back, did he miss the birdie putt too? And he just wrote, yes, like 20 fucking S's. He just lost. And I wrote, oh, no. He said, missed the three-footer coming back up. Unreal. All-time putting choke. It's shocking. Did you see? And I wrote, I'm so glad I missed the second miss. I ran out to the car to go over to the show. I assume he'd hit it, and I'd watch the playoff. And then I wrote, golf is fucking devastating. And he wrote, playoff at U.S. Open is 18 holes on Monday, for you people who are really into golf. Um, golf is absolutely emotionally fucking emotionally fucking devastating. I still don't think it's a sport. It's the most devastating fucking activity. Like the first Masters I ever sat down and watched wire to wire, I watched Kenny Perry fall apart on 17 and 18 and then go to the playoffs and fucking lose to that, that cool-ass Argentinian dude. I just... I, just, I can't get over how fucking devastating. I, what kills me is this. It's the thing. It's just a complete mind fuck. It's the biggest mind fuck out there. I believe in that kid, though. Even though he missed those two things, I believe that kid's a stud. He's going to come back. And uh, I feel bad that everyone's going to say he's a big fucking choker and all that. Like they've ever dealt with any sort of pressure like that. So whatever his fucking name is, I'm not into golf. Um, I got empathy for you. I believe in you. You're going to be back. And uh, it's only going to make you stronger. And the, just the fact that he could actually just not break down into tears right there on national television. He probably did later on that night. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would have just, when I missed it, I would have just let, not even like threw my club down. I would have just let go of it. You know, that's even worse. That's when you're devastated. When you can't even make your muscles work anymore, you're, you're so sad you can't even you can't even hold anything. You just let go. <laughs> It'd be fucking hilarious, and you don't even finish your putt. You just fucking kick it with your foot. I don't give a fuck. You just <laughs> you have to be carried off. Like you remember when James Brown would do that thing, and they bring the fucking coat over to him. Like they have to do that, except it's a little golf poncho and the golf umbrella. And they're just bringing you in as somebody's patting you on the chest. Like, come on, Bill. Come on. I would have done that. So just the fact that he could, he had to walk out in front of all those people with their heads high. And you know they were all looking at him in some way. A lot of them were loving it because they never made it to a U.S. Open. So uh, I don't know. Just the fact that he was fucking in there. Verzi actually wrote, that was so devastating. The guy who won didn't even enjoy it. Oh, my God. It was it's one of the most brutal fucking things. You know, it was right up there with watching the Seahawks throw the ball and have it get intercepted. But at least then, like the devastation of that, it's spread across 40 men. You know what I mean? Who can be all devastated together as opposed to golf. It's just you by yourself. There's no defense trying to pick the ball off or guess what you're doing, jumping a route. It's just you and three feet of grass. Another my, one of my buddies was shitting on the fucking, what the golf course looked like. He goes, dude, that golf course looks like my backyard. <laughs> I hated it at first, but after a while, I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of a badass course, man. It looked like uh, they stopped in the middle of a war and decided to play 18 holes. Because they had like the gallery. They were in like these, look like these ruins. These buildings or some shit that had been um, 
torn up. Anyways, let's get to the questions here for the week. Uh, Bill, where are all the John Waynes? This is from a lady. Uh, hello, Bill. I'm a big fan. I hope this gets to you. Me and my husband take the drive from Austin to Houston, visiting his dad in the hospital quite often. Uh, oh, man, that's sad. I hope he gets better. Or I don't know. I hope there's something in there that's better. That just made me sad. Anyways, the drive can can feel long, but we cut in cut it in half with your podcast. Oh, there we go. We get good laughs and we don't have to talk to each other. I'm writing to get your opinion. I may be wrong, but I'm open to hear what you think. I wanted to have a pedicure on my birthday. I dragged my husband with me. It's it is the best place to get a foot and calf massage. He's never had a pedicure, so I wanted for him to experience it with me. He was not a fan. He didn't feel like his feet were being touched by another. What? He didn't like his feet being touched by another man. Ah! Oh, God. Another man giving you a calf massage? Oh, Jesus Christ. When is this month going to end? My God, the uncomfortableness of this month. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he thinks women try to emasculate men by having them get waxed, spray tan, and have pedicures. He's always referencing men in Hollywood by saying, where are all the John Waynes? I wasn't trying to emasculate him, but to give him a new experience and hope that he would enjoy a little relaxation. He wasn't into it. Tell me if you get pedicures and if you enjoy them. You're great. Go fuck yourself. Uh, no, I don't get pedicures. This is the thing. Men are not allowed to enjoy any sensual experience unless it's with the female. Like women can just sit there and let another woman touch their feet and massage their calves and be like, oh, my God, that feels so good. Thank you, Stacy. You know, we're not allowed to. There's some, the thing about it is, is guys were like, when I picture guys, remember, remember those old square TVs that you had? That's like what a guy is physically. We're just like these blocks, you know? And we're just like, we're not like that. I'm getting grossed out. This is just gross. And maybe I'm fucking immature. But no, you know something? I think, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Oh, this is when we need Nia because she'll fucking soften what I'm going to say here. <clears throat> what the fuck are you doing to your man here? Don't you want that guy to see fucking red the second anybody, an intruder, comes in? You're killing that off of him. He's just going to grab some fucking lamp and start smashing it over somebody's fucking head if they come into your house. If he's getting a calf massage and getting his toes fucking painted, what are you doing to him? You're rehabbing a pit bull here for no fucking reason. He's fine the way he is. Oh, my God. No, you know something? I think I did, one time I did get a pedicure. I get when I was on the fucking rich bitch tour. You know something? Black dudes will get manicures. They'll get manicures. I think it was a manicure. Did I even get a? I, I know I got a pedicure one time. I think I was with Nia. I think I blocked it out. Yeah, I think we were in New York. I got a pedicure, and then the lady was rubbing my calves. And all it did was make me want to get a fucking, you know, a happy ending. It was just like, yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Skip the thighs, get to the finish line. Um, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't even remember the experience. I just remember I did it because she asked me to do it, and I did it. And I remember laughing. I remember being really immature. And when I dipped my feet into the fucking water, it just was making me laugh. I was like, I almost lost control of myself because it was just something that was so fucking foreign to me. Um, and I was sitting, and then the more I laughed, the more Nia was laughing. And she just kept laughing, going, what? It's nice. It's nice. And I just kept laughing, going, what are you doing to me? Um, and then afterwards, I don't know, but I will say afterwards, my toes, nails were as clean as they've ever fucking been. But, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll just get one of those fucking 50 cent scrub brushes. Uh, I'll just say, can you leave them alone? You know what I mean? You, you, you can, I understand you're trying to like give them a nice experience, but like that can go a little too far. And next thing you know, you, you're wondering what happened to the man you married. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're more involved. I don't know. Maybe women are more involved. I don't fucking know. Don't ask me those questions. I feel gross right now. All right. Please explain this to me. Caitlyn Jenner is receiving an award at the ESPYs for her courage, which is apparently the greatest thing ever. What they don't tell you is the person who won't be receiving the award now is Lauren Hill, the girl who was diagnosed, diagnosed with inoperable brain cancer. Huh? Lauren Hill, the, the singer. What? She played her first game. Oh, so this is oh, it has the same name. She played her first game for her college basketball game after a diagnosis. I saw this. I saw this fucking story. And for months to come, she raised over a million dollars for cancer research. She died a couple of months later. So please explain to me why a guy chopping his dick off is more courageous than standing up to cancer. You know, I'll tell you why. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's show business. That's why. It's fucking show business. Um, I know somebody that writes on that show, and I know of something that happened that I can't say. And someone was in the truck flipping out that it was going on too long. And all they were thinking about was, you know, going like, this is the worst fucking moment in my life because this person up there, I'm not even going to say what it was, but it's just, it's fucking show business. That's why. So they're probably going like, oh, do we want to bring the room down? Or maybe like, well, well, they always have something about somebody dying on that show. The, the touching moment, you know what I mean? But then they're thinking, oh, Caitlyn Jenner is really hot right now. Has a high Q rating or something like that. That'll give us more. Um, I don't know why, 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 why. I don't understand what that award is. I could see if Caitlyn just went out and won another decathlon. Like they kind of given, basically they're giving it to Bruce Jenner in a way, the way they gave fucking uh, Martin Scorsese the Oscar for The Departed. Because they fucked up on uh, Raging Bull. They didn't give it to him for fucking Goodfellas. They owed it to him. So I think they owed Bruce Jenner a fucking ESPY. They never gave it to him. It's like, fuck, we waited too long because now Bruce is Caitlin. Well, maybe we can give it to her and she can give it to him through her brain. I don't fucking know. I don't produce shows. And by that last fucking horrific answer, you can understand why. All right. The age of technology. Dear Billy Bombsite, I'm an open micer in a semi-small city and don't really expect to get much attention in this place. Well, that's a great place to start. Don't videotape yourself and get better. Well, videotape yourself, but don't upload it onto YouTube and get, get real good, then move to a better city with more exposure and then become a monster. 
Anyways, um, I recently found out that someone at an open mic was recording video of everyone set off. Oh, fuck. And put all of the captured content onto their social network page, including mine. When I found out that my shitty, undeveloped open micing was on the Internet, I was furious, as you should have been, and contacted the individual that posted it. They have since taken most of the content down, but I had a long argument about this situation with a different person. They argued in defense of this lady by saying, this is the world we live in now. You were in a public place, and that gave her the right to record you. The worst that happens is that you say something stupid and get and you get publicity for it. Any publicity is good publicity. All right, you know what? That person's going to be a fucking hack. Um, he said, my argument is basically that if she earns any money from my content, then I have a right to be pissed off. I also feel very uneasy thinking about the possibility of saying something stupid about a current event and getting flack on Twitter just because I thought it was funny and no one else did. Yeah, and you're also brand new to comedy, and you should be allowed to make mistakes. Uh, with the recent popularity of the app Periscope and hearing you bitch a little bit about it, I would like to hear your opinion on this argument. Thanks, and go shag yourself. Uh, P.S. You still have fans in Nebraska. Um. Yeah, no, I'm 100% agreement with you. You should be allowed to develop as an open micer, but you can't get mad at the lady. Like, they don't understand that what they're doing could be detrimental. Um, and it is the world that we live in because people do do that, but you're, you, you are right. Um, and I don't understand why everybody feels like they have to videotape every fucking moment of their lives now. It's all like, it's almost like they're campaigning for this office of, hey, I have the coolest life. Like, always taking a selfie. Like, you know, this is me at Old Faithful, you know? It's, so what? I'm supposed to look at it like, wow, this guy fucking goes everywhere. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, I guess I do that. Don't I do that? I took a picture of me and, uh, well, it wasn't a selfie, but me and Bartnick when we were in Reno with that iconic sign. I don't know, but I wish people wouldn't do it at live events, um, especially when there's jokes, because the new jokes become old jokes. But um, I think that's going to end because they're now coming out with these these businesses popping up for entertainers where they're going to block people's cell phones during the performance, which is uh, just pretty awesome, I think, if it's like up to the artist. Although I'm also guilty because I watch all this shit that people videotape to Stevie Ray Vaughan and that type of thing. Um, and then you get to enjoy the performance. But, you know, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that you're not at your Stevie Ray Vaughan level of being a stand-up yet. It'd be nice if you could be allowed to develop. Um, I, people have recorded my shows, and whenever I reach out to them on YouTube, they always take them down. I never get mad at them. I understand that they're not in the business and they don't get but that what they're doing actually hurts me on some level. Um, so just deal with it, whatever. Fuck that dude who's, hey, this is the world we live in. You know, those people who don't get mad that the government can record all your phone conversations. It's just like, well, hey, you know, if you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem? Those fucking people. Anyways, I got to I gotta wrap this up here because I got to be on the bus in 10 minutes. Now, roommate's lady wants to move in. Uh, hey, Billy Bob, ginger tits. Jesus Christ, enough with the redhead jokes. Can you guys go with something new? It's getting fucking boring here. 
Um, my roommate of five years has this new lady who is cool, but off the bat seems kind of manipulative. He told me that she's getting kicked out of her place and she wants to move into our two bedroom apartment in New York city, which isn't that big as you would know for three months. She wants to move there for three months. The rent would be split three ways. They are planning on moving in together after she stays for three months. Do I accept the cheaper rent or tell her to take a hike? By the way, they've been dating for six months. You rule, go fuck yourself. No, that manipulative cunt is going to end up convincing her boy boyfriend you're going to be the guy who's going to leave because she's not going to leave they're going to ask you to leave and you're like fuck you i'm not leaving and then it's going to be two against one and your your life's going to be miserable do not on any level allow her to move in say this is a two-bedroom apartment this is for two people not for three it affects my quality of life there's not enough money in the fucking universe for me to compromise my um my quality of life so no that's it. No. And you stand by that and fuck him. Okay. And fuck her. And then that's it. And you won't have to deal with that situation. And with any luck, he'll fucking move out and you'll get another roommate and you won't be involved in that situation. Then you'll have more power because then you'll have been there longer than the other person. All right. That is one of the easiest questions ever. Do not on any level, let her move in six months in your codependent fucking pussy. Go fuck yourself. 